Do you consider yourself normal? Then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. You're listening to Byron and Alicia, the Weird Mountain Gals. Ring, 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 ring. They just get wilder and wilder. That's because I'm getting wilder and wilder. We're just going to tell we're going to tell everybody right now that I'm eating potato chips while we are recording this. So if you hear something that sounds like the groundhog chewing on Alicia's leg, it is not that. It is me <laughs> eating potato chips. Don't even mention that damn groundhog. Oh, oh, oh they're all bad. I hate them all. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mutual groundhog hate society. It is. We hate each other. <laughs> I tell you, uh, the yard man got the last one. And the last one out of all of them has been the biggest toll. He's excuse me, the biggest crows, crows has been the most uh, belligerent one. It's just not even worried at all about being around the humans. It's just like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But anyway, Yardman got a look in his eye the other day about it. And he's like, can't have this around here. Weird Mountain don't need no more groundhogs, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and the next thing you know, Groundhog was getting relocated to a park-like setting across the oh. other side of the river there. <laughs> it's gone to live in the country with its friends. Right, right. All the other friends. And the squirrels were eating the groundhog's food every day and going into the trap and getting trapped. And so that's that's a little wild too, because groundhogs are did you ever see over the hedge? No. Okay, so squirrels are really like Sammy the squirrel and over the hedge. They're just caffeinated all the time. So oh, yeah. Squirrel gets in one of those live traps and it just goes dancing around the whole thing. It's like, whoa, you know, what am I doing here? What? And getting the thing to come out of the trap because they just run around in a circle because they get so upset because they're in a trap. But the groundhog just kind of sat there defiantly. <laughs> I can say bon voyage, my friend. Right, bon voyage. That is one less groundhog to eat your garden food up. exactly yeah. i can say to it farewell brave whistle pig <laughs> be happy where you have been relocated that's right i would say that too because it really is a nice place for him so <laughs> and hopefully they'll he'll enjoy a nice long life in that nice park-like setting park-like setting that's yeah. right Nowhere around Weird Mountain. So what, what's on your plate today? What you got on your mind today, Miss Bang. Woman, well, I got so much stuff. My brain is full, full, full. Ah, oh, I know. Mine too. So um, Well, I promised everybody I would tell them because I had my vaccination, my shot number one last Friday. Mm-hmm. So I to let people know. I was at Reuter, which is, uh, Mayheck is doing that up at the Reuter Center at UNCA. Mm-hmm. That was so well organized. Oh. They had people outside in the parking lot who would tell you, 
oh, there's more parking down there, or here's a place right here. And then they would say, you follow the balloons and you go in that way. And it was, it was so well organized and so fast. So I park the car, I walk in, I walk up and I tell them my name and they look me up and then I go to station number two mm-hmm. and at number two, I fill out all the forms and they get my whole name, you know, all the stuff. And then station number three tells me something else. And then I sit down and wait for my turn. I didn't wait more than about five minutes. Wow. That's and they called cool. my name and I went inside and there were a bunch of different like stations there too. Mm-hmm. And there would be somebody outside holding up what the number was. And so I walked over. I was number at, at number six station. Number and I went six. over. Yeah, I went over to number six. And I said, oh, I'm so excited about getting this done. Yay, I'm so happy. And took on my code and, you know, put all my stuff down. And I didn't even feel it. I mean, the oh. last shot I guess I got that I, that I felt was uh, a tetanus shot back a few years. And, man, that that hurt and it hurt for days and this did not hurt it was just she said okay done put a band-aid on it handed my my little card to me and she said you you need to wait 15 minutes and they wrote on a sticky note when 15 minutes would be up so that I after that I could leave so then I went and sat in the waiting area which was socially distanced and waited till my time was up made a picture of myself of course but on Facebook I'm having my shot and then <laughs> I left and I got a sucker and I got a reminder when my second shot is and I got my little white card with me and uh-huh. uh, went out and then it didn't I mean it it didn't really hurt afterwards it was I guess the word I'd use, it was a little bit tender, but didn't really hurt. And the muscle didn't hurt, none of that. But I got really sleepy. Um, And I wasn't sure if it was because I hadn't slept well the night before because I was so excited about the shot. Like, I'm going to Disneyland, you know. I can't sleep. I'm going to Disney World tomorrow. (laughs) That sounds like some twisted kid fantasy. No, no, really twisted kid (laughs) fantasy. So... Um, I slept, I took a little nap in the afternoon, like a 45 minute nap, which is not unusual for me. But that night I slept like a log. I didn't even move. I, uh, my body yeah. was in the same position when I woke up as it was when I went to sleep. So, and um, and it, the, the injection site stayed a little tender for maybe the next day. So that would have been Saturday, but not so tender that I wasn't out working in the garden. Well, yeah, I imagine. So did you get Moderna? I got Pfizer. I'm team Pfizer. You're team Pfizer. Well, I'm a little surprised uh, because I heard that Moderna is what we had in this area. But I'm obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about about half the time. I think they're all here because a friend of mine had J&J one and done. And she had that done here. And another friend had the Moderna. I don't remember where that was, somewhere. I think over at AB Tech, it's Pfizer, too. Okay. okay. But I could be wrong. Don't quote me. Our good friend Selby will be getting his vaccine on Friday, I think. Good. I just got notified that I'm in the running. I've got a number now, which is good. And my mother, who got her vaccine, is just sure that she didn't really get a vaccine because she's had zero side effects. She could say Mm -hmm. her arm wasn't even sore. 
Yeah. And said, well, this tiny little needle. That's what she said. It was just no big deal. She said, I'm not even sure I got a vaccine. I was like, Mom, come on. You know, which you one know. did she have? Uh, she got Johnson and Johnson. Oh, one and done. Yep, one and done. All the daggone scams, the COVID scams, a pox on anybody who would use fear tactics during a pandemic to scare old people and take their money. Those people, need to, those people need to be put up against a wall and shot in the head. Yes. And That's yes. as simple as that. Oh, I've been getting mad about it. I told Selby, I said, you know, at some point during most of the podcasts, we'll make a suggestion. If you want to do something, if you want to feel like you're helping somebody, my suggestion is find somebody who doesn't understand computers or who is a little bit isolated and ask them if you can help them get their vaccine. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's a really good idea. My, I was thinking my poor mom who can't, can't see that well. I mean, she was lucky because she had kids who helped her with it. But yeah. how many other people out there are not in her position? Well, and how many of them don't have a primary care physician or one that mm. will take the time to check in with you and go, all right, now you are eligible for your vaccine. Let us help you get that. Is that what happened? Did you have that? Not, not with me, no. Oh, I mean, but, you know, in the old days, that's your doctor or not your doctor, but the, you know, the girl in the front office, because it's almost always a girl in the front office. That'd be what they do. They call all the patients on the roster and go, all right, you're eligible now. So here's how you need to do it. Or they'd send yeah. a postcard or something. Yeah. Well, you know, they were busy back when I was a kid. I cannot imagine how the folks in the medical field do it nowadays. The people, not just the doctors and not just the nurses, but the support staff, I guess is what it's called. They, because they're the ones who are also having to do all of this extra stuff. And even back when I was working in these doctor's offices and stuff as second jobs, it was, yeah. I mean, it was ridiculously busy back then. And we didn't have HIPAA to deal with. We certainly didn't have COVID at the time. I don't know. I think well, people and, are heroes. And I think just having to deal with the damned insurance companies is the worst. Oh, it is. Because it is. I, last year, I mean, I, my big announcement is I got my red, white, and blue card. So now I've got, <laughs> I've got healthcare again. Uh, but last year I had... I had the kind of insurance that I could not use, but would help keep me from losing my home if I got sick. Right. That kind of insurance. Yeah. Um, and so because that's what I had, instead of being able to put it on my insurance, I had one telehealth visit with my doctor. Um, they said, oh, you don't, you, your insurance won't cover that. We're going to, here's the rate for non-insured. And so I just paid a, and it was less than if I was insured. So I just paid out of pocket for that, but you don't want to pay out of out of pocket for hip surgery. You know oh, what I mean? no. But you know the what one hundred fifteen dollars or whatever it was to mm -hmm. have a, a little Zoom conversation with my doctor wasn't so bad. No, I had a telehealth meeting when I came out of the hospital a few weeks ago, and it was my first telehealth meeting. And I thought this is cool. Now I need the bio bed and the bio toilet. <laughs> what is that? The bio bed and the bio toilet? Yeah, I don't know what those are. Well, do you remember Star Trek when you were sick? They'd lay you down on a bed and and up at the uh, the 
headboard of the bed would give you all these vital signs? Yeah. That's a bio bed. And we have those, really? Yeah, we have those down on Martin Avenue at the mattress outlet there that Lance runs, Lance Curlin. It can sell you a bed that will read your vital signs and send you a report. And it will literally tell you, hey, you farted at 3 a.m., you rolled over seven times, you quit breathing 48 times, it'll email it to you. I think I might be too scared to know that information. But you don't want to know how much you fart at night? No, I don't. <laughs> Nobody needs to know that, do they? <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe. I don't know. It'll tell you. It'll it'll say um it'll it'll say you spoke in your sleep. Oh, that'd be fun to know. It'll say your legs twitched. It's crazy. It really will. Now there is an app that does most of that already. There's an app for that. There is an app for that. The app is called Sleep Cycle. And I think it's a free app. It used to be free anyway. And it will do a lot of that. It uh, You have to have your phone plugged in. You need to be in the bed by yourself for the night. And you put the phone, you tuck it up under the corner of the sheet of the bed. Uh-huh. And, and it's got uh, uh, all kinds of data that it will read about your breathing. It'll get your breath rate, whether you cough too much, whether you uh, think it gets whether you stop breathing, I think it does, kind of like a sleep apnea checkup sort of thing. It'll do a few other things, and then it emails you a report so that in the morning when you wake up and check, if you check your email in the morning, you can see how you slept the night before. Because hell, how would you know? (laughs) How would you know how you slept the night before? You need an app to tell you that nowadays. (laughs) Exactly. I sound like a curmudgeon. <laughs> no, you sound like me. Oh, well, maybe you do sound like a curmudgeon. <laughs> I was going to say, you beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, so BioBed. And then, of course, the bio toilet, which exists, but it's not out on the market widely yet. The bio toilet is really interesting because basically it, it'll do a urinalysis or a poo analysis on you when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> but I mean, do people really need to know all that? Um, not, I mean, it depends. It depends on... That just, that just seems like unnecessary knowledge. I, I think it depends really on what you like in your life, what you want in your life versus what you don't. There are a group of people, there's a lot of people actually, that get really anal about very detail-oriented is what I should say, about their own health statistics. And so the advantage of something like this is, well, most of the time when you go to the doctor, you're sick, Uh, but they'll, they'll, they'll take your vitals to try and help them diagnose issues. Well, if you're a person who doesn't want to go to the doctor, very much. You can get something like this and, and it helps you kind of know where your health is at. So, but I think the problem with it is that you could get too obsessed with it. But I think the good part of it is for someone like me, I don't write with my hands and I don't follow through with my, my hopes for doing digital diaries because it just seems fake to do it digitally. This would be a way to keep records that's kind of painless. You are so funny. You are so digital. 
that the idea that, oh, no, that just seems fake. That just made me laugh. <laughs> well, I'm capable of going there. I mean, I, my blood sugar monitor uh, could connect to a Bluetooth and sit, email me a report every day. I, I'm, I'm capable of dumping all into a spreadsheet somewhere and getting obsessive about it. But I don't oh, yes. think that would work oh, yes. for me. <laughs> but, and, and I am lucky because I don't check. I don't have to check my blood sugar very often. But I would not want to know, like, whoa, you had creamer in that coffee and that had sugar in it. So here's what your blood sugar is right now. Yeah. I, just, I, I know. I know what I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, know, I, I know when I ate that uh, chocolate covered cherry. I I know. That's right. I know what I know. I know when I've been bad. <laughs> Lousy. Well, you and you can. That's the thing, though. I just I'm not. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I appreciate that that technology exists and let it be in the background of people's lives would be better. Right. Tools diagnosis. Really need it be, you know, I'm grateful for the people who really need it, that they've got it. Yeah. There you go. Very charitable. Did you work for a long time at the bookstore? I did. Did you, was, is, do you think that's been your favorite job? Well, that's hard to say because I worked for the uh, Arts Council for a long time, too. And I really enjoyed that when I really enjoyed it. It was like the little girl with a curl on her forehead. It was yeah. the kind of job that when it was good, it was very, very good. And when it was bad, it was <laughs> hell on earth. Oh. <laughs> I remember we, um, we were facilitating the talent for Belle Cher one year. And that was, that was what, part of what the Arts Council did. Well, hard on the heels of that, on Sunday night, uh, Barishnikov and his dance company flew in to the airport, and they were going to be performing, you know, later in the week. So we were doing all this stuff for Belshire. We left downtown. You know, at the end of Belshire, there was always that smell downtown of beer and urine and fried, you know, yeah. fried food. So the we after left. festival smell. Yeah, and we had been busting our humps for days to get all that coordinated to make sure the talent got to where it was supposed to be, got to its hotel, got away, all that stuff. And then we had to turn around and go to the airport to meet this world-renowned dancer, which should have been this exciting moment of, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. We were like zombies. We were so tired. Mm. And we all had a flower and we were supposed to walk up to who, whoever's closest and hand them the flower and say, welcome to Asheville. We're here to take you to your hotel. And, and it, they got off the plane. I swear it, we probably looked like the walking dead. <laughs> we had these flowers we were shuffling up to them going, oh, welcome to Asheville. <laughs> we're here to take you to the hotel. <laughs> who are these hippies <laughs> exactly they were like but you know they'd flown in from wherever they'd flown in they were pretty tired too it was crazy so it was, that was a good thing and also a not so good thing wow well that that i don't even know what to say to that barishnikov <laughs> that's where you stopped me right there i mean I'm, yeah i met him i was i i was in charge of setting up his dressing room mm, that's so cool yeah, he was very, very nice, very friendly. Have you met a lot of people who were celebrities? 
Yes. You have. I, I'm sure. Yes. I, I mean, I guess. Has any one of them stood out to you the most as being like a special person, somebody that even if you didn't know them, you would know there was something about them that brought them to the public attention? Well, when I was in Dallas and there, you know, there were a lot of wealthy people there. And anyway, um, there's two people from Dallas that, um, that I have to mention, and one of them was, we had the, like this spiral staircase that went down from the costume room past the library and ended you up in right outside the lobby for the theater. And I'd come pounding down those stairs to, to get something out of the lobby and pound, 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 and kind of exploded into the lobby. And there was this man standing there and he looked familiar, but I wasn't quite sure who he was. And I went over to the desk in the lobby and I got whatever I'd come down there to get. And then I, I remember I straightened up and I turned around and went, you're Otto Preminger. And, and he smiled, this just beatific smile. And he nodded, yes, I am. And I said, it's really good to see you. And then I went running back upstairs. So <laughs> there was that. And then when I was there, Tommy Lee Jones was dating this woman who was, I think she was the class ahead of me. And so he used to hang around downstairs waiting for her to get out of rehearsal. Wow. So you would go downstairs and he'd be sitting near the coffee area drinking coffee and just, you know, looking like I'm waiting on my girlfriend. So oh. yeah, I had a lot of conversations with him. That was real. It was interesting. So yeah, I've met, you know, some, I guess, famous people that way, but it's always been in a situation where they were just regular people, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, Otto Preminger, I, I, I got nothing to say about that. That was weird. <laughs> but yeah. Well, that's interesting. Did he have a presence in that split second that you got to to be around him? Did you feel? He did. No, he, he felt like someone with a gravitas. How's that for a big oh, one? Oh, wow. Gravitas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did not look like he had come to give us an estimate on new carpets. <laughs> he did not look like that. Have you ever met any famous musicians? Uh, I've met, I think, Pinka Zuckerman. Ah. I worked for a couple of years, three years at the Brevard Music Center, mm -hmm. and they always had, you know, special guest performers of one kind or another. I met a lot of them. Very so, yeah. That's so cool. Still, every time I hear you talk about theater or music and think about you being from here, I'm just amazed that we didn't run into each other sooner. I know it's crazy, isn't it? But I mean, I just haven't been here. That's true. I was, I was, I mean, the whole time I was raising my daughter, I was here. Yeah. Well, now you're, you're busy writing all the time and gardening all the time and you've got, you got a bunch of stuff going on right now. You got a new book coming out, right? I do. I come, I have a book coming out in August um, in at Lunasa or Lamas called Seasons of a Magical Life. And it's, um, it's about deepening your spirituality by connecting with the cycles of the agricultural year. Mm -hmm. um, so it's about animism and permaculture and stuff. And I'm really excited about that. That's coming from Wiser. And there'll be a an event over at Malaprops, I think, on the 2nd of August. Okay. Yeah, August. and now I'm working on a new book. You know, I'm always working on a new book. 
You are. And you're working on some weird mountain stuff too right now. Mm-hmm. I'm working on our cookbook and on our uh, deck of cards. Isn't that cool? I love yeah. it. I've been gathering up images of the things I want to, you know, draw. And that's been a lot of fun. Oh, and I've been in my brain trying to figure out about sizing and pixels and so on. My, yeah. part, my um, part of it, my little part of it. Me, me and Alicia are working on this deck, y'all. And I know we've mentioned it a couple of times a little bit, but I, I mean, I'm going to draw that deck and then I'll probably paint it with watercolor because that's my medium. And then, but we have to figure out, but Alicia is then, I'll turn all these pictures over to her and she will figure out how to make them into vector files or whatever they have to be in order to print them. Yeah. So it really is a, a, a dual, it's the mighty combo of the weird mountain girls. Yeah. You know what it is? Crazy project. It, it is Appalachian practical because yeah. there's a part of me that goes, Oh, I want to do that. I want to do, I want to do the pictures and I want to do, and it's like, no, wait just a damn minute here. <laughs> uh, that would leave Byron to do the vectoring part of it. Right. And God knows <laughs> you don't want me doing that. No. So the, the it's a team, it's a team thing. And yeah, that's the way, that's the way me and you work. That's the way we get yeah, our yeah. time. It's the best way to work. I it can't is. do that with everybody though. So I'm grateful that you and I work to well work so well together. It's rare for me to meet somebody who just is consistent in their work ethic it, it, over the over the course of years. It's like you never stop. You work like a machine. You see, <laughs> I, I don't. I do not do that. But you actually do. I wish I could, because you accomplish a lot. You know, but it's because you just you do it. You're relentless. Well, I just, I, I stay at it. I'm, um, I'm terribly aware. And, you know, I've been joking about my red, white, and blue card, but I'm terribly aware that I'm on the downhill slope at this point we in, in this particular part of the world. And so if I've got stuff I'm, I want to do, like when I was 20, I could have dreams of, oh, one day I will own the Biltmore house. And then, you know, you could work for that if, if you wanted to. Um <laughs> And if you were crazy enough to be that ambitious, but I don't, you know, I, I don't have 40 years to uh, accomplish a project now. I can't put it off. Well, I believe I'll do that in about five years. It's like, will you? You're going to be here in five years? Why don't you, you do that now? feel like it. How about you do it now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the message of the day, isn't it? It's 2021. It's time to get on with it. It is for everybody, for all your projects. Yeah, for all of us. Yeah. Well, when I was, and I may have mentioned this before, when I turned 50, well, when I turned 40, I didn't know I'd turned 40 because my daddy died two weeks mm-hmm. after I turned 40. Okay. So I didn't realize it was like a big momentous occasion. Yeah. Until I turned 41 and I went, oh, hell, I'm 40. Ah. But <laughs> then when I turned 50, I started doing that weird math that we do sometimes of, well, I have great grandmothers on both sides that live to be over a hundred. I have a family tradition of people living into their nineties, at least all over the place. So a very long lived family, but my mother and father both died in their seventies of smoking related cancers. So have I got 20 more years? Have I got 40 more years? Have I got 50 years? And the reality is we have right now, because if, if 
2020 taught us nothing else. It taught us that something can come on hard and fast and take your life or change or alter your life irrevocably. Yeah. So instead of just wishing and hoping, you might want to make a plan for some things and get them done. Even just making the plan is important. It is. And having the pleasure in it. So it's not one more obligation you have to do, but it's like, oh boy, today I'm going to plant corn. Yay. (laughs) Well, people who have been very sick or had a brush with death through an accident or something, they, a lot of them come out of it. I know I did. I came out of it appreciating things a lot more and this pandemic has kind of forced me to think about certain things not just for a weekend but for a year now I've had plenty of time to think about the things that are important to me and I haven't I haven't played a show I haven't played a gig live in that time I haven't gone to music jams there's a lot of things that I miss I haven't spent time with my family because of the quarantine situation. And it has forced me to reorganize my priorities. Oh, yes. I think a lot of us are going to be in that same boat. Well, since I get off here, I am going to go out. I put, I did a little uh, Facebook Live today of planting spinach and bok choy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go out in a little while and plant um, lettuce, a bunch, whole bunch of different kinds of lettuce. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm getting it, getting it and getting it done. Getting it and getting her yeah. done. That's it good is. to hear. And, and I, and I want to get stuff done so that I can uh, get back to, you know, doing some writing so I can have a little more balanced life than just being obsessed with writing. I don't know. You're a writer. Don't you get to be obsessed with writing sometimes? Yeah, I do, I guess. And I am, golly. The oh. thing I'm working on now, oh, and is it okay if I say this to our listeners? So the book I'm working on now is called The Ragged Wound, Tending the, Tending the Soul of Appalachia. And so if you are a native Appalachian person, been here more than more than one or two generations, I would love for you to share with me the thing that somebody from outside the region has said to you right to your face, the most insulting thing, because I'm just collecting those up for this book. So if you're willing to do that, uh, come on our Weird Mountain Gals uh, page on Facebook and just, you know, let me know what it is somebody has says right to your face about being Appalachian, like you, like they didn't even notice that you were, yeah. <laughs> even though you had this big old accent. And, and you, you know, you were driving a big old ru- rusted truck or whatever, because I've, I've been amazed at the things people have said to me to be like, oh, ha, ha, ha. You're from Appalachia. Have you got shoes on? Ha, yeah. ha, ha. <laughs> you and got I'm any moonshine with you? Exactly. And I'm going to uh, I'm going to open up every chapter <laughs> with one of those stories. That's a great idea. Yeah, I love it, that idea. It's just astounding, <laughs> astounding the stuff I'm hearing. So if y'all have a good story that you haven't told me about that, just stick it in over at Weird Mountain Gals and I'll I'll prompt it. I'll do a, a post that prompts, 
what's the rudest thing anybody ever said to you? I love that. You know, it takes their power away. They can't sting you if you're laughing at them. <laughs> exactly. If it's, you say, it's the you think I am granny on the Beverly Hillbill. <laughs> and somebody a, a kid, uh, described me that way. They said, well, you're just like granny Clampett on the Beverly Hillbills. And I said, number one, yes, I am. And number, <laughs> and number two, her name was not Clampett. Her name was Moses. She was granny Moses because she was Jed's mother-in-law. That's Get right. That's right. Just get it straight. Get it straight. <laughs> well, and what would be funny is if they said that and you went, eh, you dang damn it, you know, in granny voice. <laughs> no, I, I think I told you I looked up how old she was when she, Irene Ryan, when she played granny. Yeah. And she was much younger than I am now. <laughs> so, yeah. Hell yes, that's who I am. And oh. if you don't like it, I've got a shotgun right over <laughs> Oh, man. I saw a picture of her in her regular clothing, and she literally had pearls on. And But she looked, oh. it was like it was wrong. It was just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Please go look like Granny Clampett again. That's the way you're supposed to look. Well, you have more faces on, on, on these uh, digital programs and stuff. That's what this was just wrong. <laughs> Well, I noticed today, because I've got my hair pulled back, because today was grocery store day, so I've got my hair pulled back in a bun in the back, yeah. and it's stuck flat to my head, because it's easier to put on a mask when my hair is out of the way. Um, so when I sat down, y'all don't know, but we do this pre-show where we actually see each other, and I was looking at myself in the pre-show and going, God, you really do look like Granny Clamp, but you need to get some of them little <laughs> eyeglasses. Oh, no, do not, do not. But but then again, maybe. I mean, it'd be funny as hell if you had a long skirt and an apron and some combat boots and one of those little hats and the little glasses. And you could go I in don't. character. Don't think I don't. Yeah. I've got all those things. Do you? <laughs> I love it. That's I awesome. do. That's so good. Well... I don't know. When you when you make fun of yourself, then like I said, you take their power away. Have you ever seen there's a late night show that has a a, a regular segment called Mean Tweets? No. Mean Tweets is hilarious. And what it is is when people out in the world just say some really mean, hateful thing about a celebrity. This person, I think it's, I believe that it's the Jimmy Kimmel show. Uh, He will have that celebrity on the air. So he'll have this montage of celebrities. And what they're doing is they're reading out loud what somebody said about them. Oh, gosh. (laughs) And and he'll have five or ten celebrities on in a 30-second montage, and it is hilarious. But it's kind of crazy what mean stuff people say to each other. I'm done with that. I'm so done with it. I am, too. And and my my communities are always just sniping at each other and, Mm -hmm. and taking people to task and correcting people like well I know you did it that way but that's really not the best way to do it the best way you could do it is blah 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 it's like well okay thanks for being an asshole yeah yeah when you say that it reminds me about this group 
that we were talking about earlier. Uh-huh. That's going to be a, yeah, such an adventure for you. I'm so happy for you about that. Are you? <laughs> I am. I'll be interested to see how all that works out. Well, I'll say this. I know that humans, we're not capable of acting like grown-ups, and especially when you're a big group. There's just not enough people there, you know, and somebody's going to act out every time. But the question is going to be, how do you handle it when it happens? And do they know ahead of time what the consequences will be when they act out? And so really, it's up to the admins to control it, to control the conversation or at least control the rules by which the conversation is going to happen. So I want people to disagree. I want people to think about different ideas and learn from each other. But I'm not going to tolerate the the babies in in the group, the ones that haven't learned how to have a conversation yet. And only so, know how to have, the people who only know how to have a fight. Right. I'm not. This group is not about fighting. The people who are in my little Earth Critters group, I've got this group on Facebook called Alicia's Earth Critters. Critters. And the point of the group is to pass funny, cute animal memes, period, end of sentence. It's not to guilt anybody about a decision or to make like you're better than anybody else or to tout your favorite political candidate. And so I have had people who were members of the group who thought that because they were actively posting that that would that they could slip in a little political thing. Just a little one, you know, we're going to be blah, blah, blah. And the fellow members of the group could not they were tripping over each other to report that person. So what I did is what exactly what I said I would do is I deleted the comment. I kicked the person out of the group and the person's been asking to get back in the group and I'm not going to let them. And so, so that, that has really worked well for me in the past. We'll see if it works well for me in the future. Oh my gosh. What a, uh, I don't think it will. Well, I was part of this, and I'm just going to call them out. I was part of this group on Facebook called Appalachian Americans. Yeah, because I wanted, yeah, I wanted to hear about old old ways and and you know hear people's ancestral stories and the stuff that they do now that the way their grandma did stuff like that. And every time it would turn into some damn religious argument. Uh, I'm just praying that you'll bleed blah blah blah. Well, I'm an atheist, so don't pray for me. And I finally just left the group because I was sick to death of, may Jesus bless you today. When they didn't want Jesus to bless them, they wanted Jesus to knock them down and step on their face. Yeah. You know. That, yeah, that's that's actually the Southern, the equivalent of the whole bless their heart. You well, and, so, and it was the same on the other side. Yeah. So it's like nobody was innocent in that situation. And I just left the group because yeah. I wasn't getting anything from it except frustration. Yeah. It did not spark joy for me. <laughs> so therefore, according to today's modern social lore, you should walk away from it if it doesn't spark joy. That's right. Oh. What is that if it sparkles and pleases? Does it sparkle and please? <laughs> 
Anyway, that's from a movie. That's from a, a movie. A sick, twisted individual introduced me to that saying, didn't you, Craig? <laughs> uh, Craig. Hey, we miss you, buddy. Uh, he's busy making money. That's good. I love that boy to make some money. Me too. Me too. Hope it. I hope Terry. How you doing, Craig's mom? Hope she's doing good. And oh, you know what? Yeah. I think Selby's dad actually has listened to this recording, this podcast. So that's cool to me. Hello, Selby's dad. <laughs> no, Selby's dad. But I know when I'm around Selby, I don't use language or anything like that. So now I'm feeling a little guilty. How many times did you have to crow me out today? And maybe <laughs> Selby's dad heard that. <laughs> now I feel bad. Well, we'll get it dealt with and edited out. It'll be a nice ladylike conversation, just like they all are. <laughs> because we are very ladylike. We we are genteel in the extreme. <laughs> I have another Selby story for you. I got into some old recordings, and I had recorded just a conversation on the porch late night, one night here. We had been make, making music and I think everybody had gone home and Selby was still sitting on the porch and the cicadas were just loud. And I recorded us thinking that maybe someday I'd put it on the podcast. I went back and listened to it last night and I heard our voices. We were so relaxed. It was crazy. Mm. Yeah. And that summertime sound, those cicadas just put me right in to summer again. Oh, you know, I was talking about that card deck and my friend Nina on Facebook said, everybody was like saying, oh, it should have this on, it should have this. And she said, whippoorwills. Mm -hmm. And I remember growing up, you know, we had woods all around us, but right out the kitchen door, the back door opened right into the woods. And, and of an evening in the summer, You'd hear the little frogs and you'd hear whippoorwills yeah. and uh, hoot owls and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I had not heard a whippoorwill in so long. And I was up in Virginia doing a, a festival up there and um, went to my tent, you know, in the evening after poking around the fire. And I laid there and I started crying when I heard the whippoorwills. Oh. Because I hadn't heard, hadn't heard them in decades. Oh, wow. It was beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, such a funny little cry. We were in this uh, at this festival in Arkansas uh, three years ago, I guess, and it was hotter than the devil's knee joint. It was hot. It was sweaty. It was miserable. I was in this little tiny room with his other great big person, a whole bunch of luggage. And it just, it was just the whole, everything about it was challenging. But the first night I came in the room, tripped over my roommate's crap that was everywhere. And there on the window was a little green frog. And it was just on the window. And it, that changed everything for me with that festival. It was still hotter than hell and mosquitoes <laughs> and whatever else. But by golly, them little frogs. It was good. Yeah, a little peeper is what we call yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what else I found on those recordings? What? I found you and me doing the corniest intros ever. 
before Craig came up with the perfect intro, you and me were like, hi, this is Alicia. This is Byron. And, you know, just, oh, they were, they were fabulous. And I found the original recording of the crows that you hear on the opening and the closing. Oh, and I also found the original recording of the door creaking open because all of those sounds are, are really from here. And yeah. I thought, you know what? I'm going to put those crows because the crows were obviously having a conversation. I'm going to put those crows up uh, somewhere on YouTube, probably on the Weird Mountain YouTube channel, and then I'll share it on the Facebook page so that if people want to hear what crows having a conversation sound like, they can. And mm. I would love it if somebody could tell me what they were saying. Oh, I, I love that. I do too. And hearing me and you talk about it, and there was at one point you defined weird. You and I both did. We were talking about, well, what do you think weird means? And you gave your, your definition of it. And I thought, well, you know, that's a cool segment too. I want to put that in somewhere too. Oh, well, you could do like, and here's something from the vault or here's yeah. something from the Wayback machine or something from like that. The, That'd be fun. From the vintage vault or something. Yeah, yeah I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I've enjoyed it learning how to podcast with you because it has been so much fun and y'all we are we are in talk we are talking now me and alicia when we can because it's gardening season and i gotta plant more onions <laughs> um we're talking about what the next step is with us and uh we're gonna be keeping on keeping on but yeah. there's gonna be some new stuff pretty soon oh yeah and it's exciting it is exciting i That's think I think it's very exciting. So tell all your friends and tell your granny and them, you know, Weird Mountain, we'll talk about just about anything for a while. In fact, most of the time we talk about just about anything for way too long. We could have Dolly Parton come on and go, well, I don't know. I say it like this. And then I could I could have the pleasure of hearing this on the other end. And you know what that would be? What? That would be you passing out. If Dolly Parton was on the phone, oh my she, God. Yep. If she showed up and answered a question like that, you would just, you know, would, you hitting the phone. Oh Lord. So it's a goal. It's a goal because I never see you not knowing what to say or flummoxed in any way. So I'm going to try and find some way to get Dolly to show up on the show. Oh my if God. You really do get the vapors or not. I wonder, I wonder what I would do. I feel like, no, come on. Who are you really? You ain't Dolly <laughs> Sing me. Sing something. Yeah. <laughs> sing Jolene. <laughs> Prove it to me. Sing Jolene. Sing it slow. Don't do that. You'll regret it if you do. I mean, you would. I, I told you that story that, okay, my family, surprise, is full of people with red hair and blue eyes. And I've got a big family. And back in the day, Christmas was the time when you saw all of them, okay? You got to see everybody in the course of a few days. They'd all show up in town at some point. So there was that Christmas that I was in a terrible mood because I was sick. I had a cold and I was mad because I was sick at Christmas time and not feeling good. And I was at my grandparents' house and I, I was in a bathrobe and I was standing with my butt up against the wall because they had radiant heat. Okay. 
So I, I was getting my legs warm and my rear end warm. And Bill Elliott, the race car driver, walked in the door. And I, so everybody in the family, they're all racing fans. And they all liked Bill Elliott and stuff. And I'm the only one in the family that wasn't a racing fan. I don't dislike it. I just, it's just not something I know much about. And I could not watch it on TV. I'd be asleep in 30 seconds because of that sound, you know, <laughs> sound. And so this guy walks in, he's tall, red hair, blue eyes. And I just assumed he was a cousin. And I noticed that my grandma came out of the kitchen and she spoke to him and was smiling and, you know, everybody was just happy to see him. And, and I knew his name was Bill and I was still not thinking about anything except my own self, because that's how selfish teenage girls do, especially and when they're teenagers sick. Teenagers in general. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when they're sick right at Christmas. And, yeah. you know, he came over and he introduced himself to me and, I, I don't remember exactly what I said. We exchanged a few words, but I really was so not impressed with him and let him know it because I just, like I said, I just thought he was another cousin or something. And then I found out that, oh, this is Bill Elliott, the race car driver, after he left. I think he tried to strike up a conversation with me and I, and I just put him off because I didn't feel well. And in my, um, mind, in my mind, I thought I could just... Well, next time I'm over at Maxine's or whatever, I'll run into him. We'll finish the conversation or something. But, yep, it was Bill. <laughs> so that's why I say if you if you think it might be Dolly. <laughs> uh, I will do my best not to just be a big jerk. Like I would. Yeah, I regret that. I, I had a chance to talk to Bill Elliott and ask him questions and stuff like that or just talk to him. And I didn't. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. I love it. Yeah, well, you can't expect much of me. If you take me on the road at any point, you might not want to introduce me to anybody. <laughs> I got I to gotta tell you, I don't like small talk, but I'm good at it. Yeah. But I have found after a year of lockdown with COVID, yeah. we had a little uh, socially distanced gathering for the Vernal Equinox. Everybody was masked. Everybody stayed away from each other. And it was and outdoors. It was outdoors. Yes, correct. All of that. We did all the very safe things. And there just came a point where I knew in the old days, I would have been like, you know, talking smack and, you know, jabber jawing about something. And I just stood there looking at everybody like, is one of you going to talk? Because I'm not talking. <laughs> and they were all looking at me, you know, big eyed, like, well, why, why isn't she saying anything? It's like, I've, I've, I've lost the knack. Maybe I'll get it back, but maybe I won't. I don't know if you've lost. You haven't lost a knack. You can still talk, but the cards have all been reshuffled. Oh, boy, ain't that a good way to put it? Yeah. It's, it's, it reminds me I should go draw some cards. Yes, you should. With can, a bear on it and a whippoorwill mm -hmm. and a mule. And a peeper. And a cast iron frying pan. Yeah, yeah. And all them things and some ginseng. Oh, yes. And the ramps are up. Have you checked uh, in the back to see if the ramps are up there? Uh, the ramps are sticking up a little bit. And there's uh, talk of trillium. And the mm. fiddleheads have been up for a while. Nice. nice I'm nice. believing that Friday is the day. The first morels 
were actually popping up uh, last week. Yeah. But they're so tiny. They're fingernail size. Oh, too little. They're, they're way too little. That's what frequently happens. And then we had a little bit of a cold spell. Friday is the day that, that we're going to be seeing pretty visible morels if we end up outdoors hunt, hunting. Hallelujah. South Carolina is already going pretty well from what I understand. And that's, that's nothing but good. And I believe we're going to have a good season this year, knock on wood. I Fingers crossed. Yep, yep. The snakes are already out. Have you seen some there? No, no, but I have seen some already. And I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised by it. Because this, is, this is, might be the earliest I've ever seen a snake. So I don't know what that means. We'll see. I also don't have a, do you know what? I don't have a weird mountain almanac calendar here. <laughs> you, I, you, I don't believe it. I Although don't. They're in my car. <laughs> Please save me one. Call and we need, <laughs> so but I was going to say, I don't know what that means. I'll have to look on the calendar and see, see what that means. I, I'm really not sure. Sign wise what that means. And I do believe that we're going to have a super year for mushrooms of all types. If we keep having this normal weather, if we end up with a late freeze, which I'm sure we'll have a freeze, but I mean a deep freeze, you know, a storm or something. Yeah, no, we're done with that. I hope we are done with that. No, I don't think we're going to have another. My gut feeling is that we have, as the old folks used to say, we have broke the back of winter. I hope so. I've heard that too. I remember, Do you remember when the Concord landed? I do. All right. The next day when the Concord took off, we had six inches of snow that day. I remember it well. I do too because I was a desk clerk that night and I ended up having to spend the night at the hotel and work first shift. And those people hated my guts. They did because they were all checking in. They were asking me, well, wait here, it's supposed to snow, but we wanted to see the Concord. Do you think it'll snow? And I'd say, nah, it's April 4th. It's way too late to snow. <laughs> it snowed. So we might have a snow, but I, I don't know. Well, but if we do have a snow, it's not going to last, I don't think. Uh-uh, it won't. And, and I no, it won't. And the animal activity is telling me, too, that we're going to have an interesting and good, and it's already here, year. The bugs are out, and the birds are just here in droves. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yep. Well, speaking of, yeah. Miss Byron, I'm going to let you go. Yeah, I got gardening to do. I can't be talking you to you. You do. i got to get some stuff done, too. i got some lettuce to put in the ground. <laughs> go put some lettuce in the ground. Is there anything we need to say to, to the folks who listen? We need them to have us. A happy day and a happy week and to wash their hands and wear their mask and get their shot. Drink more water. Drink more water and get more sleep. Yeah. Y'all take care of yourselves and we will. And and if some if somebody said something incredibly rude to you to your face about being Appalachian, send it to our Facebook page. Please, yes, please, please, please. Yes. All right, y'all take care. Alicia, good talking to you. You too. Bye, y'all. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Weird Mountain Gals. Stay tuned for more weirdness as we present Who's on the Party Line This Time with Byron, Alicia, and three very interesting friends. Let the party line begin now. Y'all listen to this. I'm going to go chase that ground dog.
Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Ring, 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 ring. Hmm. I wonder who it could be. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Are you on the party line today, Miss Alicia? I am. And you know what? I think we've even got some friends with us tonight. Who could that be? Well, we have been so lucky to have Sonia Hamrick and Cassie, Casimira Davis. Davey. Davey. Thank you. Thank you. I was wondering. And Ilsa Plaisance. Hey, everybody. Hey, y'all. So is it y'all or yuns for you? Y'all. Y'all. We're y'all. Everybody's a y'all. Byron? Uh, well, you, I mean, my, you know, my pronouns are y'all and all y'all and yuns and yuns is so. Whichever <laughs> one you want to use is fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I know you got other things on your mind. I know what you got on your mind, too, because you've already told me twice. Who? Me? Yeah. What's on my mind? Well, do the damn work is do on the your damn mind. Work. Sonia, tell us the story. Do the damn work. You said it today on the Facebook. Well, the story goes something like this. Um, I used to run a nonprofit and the town really didn't support it. And our little community doesn't have a homeless shelter. So my friend Marta and I, we continue to get calls from people when homeless people are discovered in our community. Marna and I discovered a, a a couple that was living under a bridge. Anyways, no one was doing anything to help us until money-wise, clean up the bridge-wise, getting them in a hotel. And finally, I just went off and said, you know what? Do the damn work. And that's where that came from. I kind of got mad. <laughs> I love it. I never get mad. And Alicia doesn't either. No, <laughs> and I've never oh. known I've never known Cassie or Ilsa to get mad either. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't want to see me mad. So <laughs> few people have seen me Nobody mad does. and live to tell the tale. Yep. I channeled my inner Byron. She's always saying, "Do the damn work on Facebook." Golly, mm -hmm. it is true, isn't it? I'm always nagging people. I'm always waggling my finger at them like they're Sunday school teachers saying. Well, what are you doing today? Are you grounded? Are you centered? Did you get your shields up now? Do some damn work. <laughs> but don't you get tired of it? What? Don't y'all get tired of it? People just bitching all the time. Yes. You know what I get tired of? What? I get tired of how damn rude and mean we are to each other now in the last four years or so. We've become... A, a group, and I'm talking about United States citizens, people I'm around, and we're just rude all the damn time to each other. And I feel like part of my work is correcting people when they're being assholes for no reasons. And the other part of me doing my work is keeping them from lying on social media. Oh, anyway, sorry. What's your work, Ilsa? Gosh, my work is not, you know, I working with the homeless or anything like that my you know when COVID started Cassie and I talked and we put together Mama Elsa's network and I, we have about 70 people on the page and there are people who I call daily I check I check in I try to at least once a week and mm -hmm. just be an ear and be supportive and I've got people who are going through 
divorces who are coming into their own genders and trying changing their pronouns. I have people who are trying to, you know, homeschool their kids. I have people who are, who are, are you know, divorcing and leaving marriages. And uh, it, it, it runs, it kind of runs the gamut, but there just wasn't, there didn't seem to be anybody in the community who was, who was doing that. And, you know, being in Northwest Louisiana, it's a small community. It's a very closed and very closeted community because mm-hmm. we are in, in such a, um, a very high Republican, very evangelical area, and it can be very dangerous to be pagan mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to be very dangerous to be who you are, even to be Democrat. And um, so just trying to remind people, hey, you're not alone. Hey, I've been through something similar. Let me share my experience and my hope with you, my strength and my hope, and just kind of go from there. And then when I get really confused, I go, you know, I tell people all the time, I say, you know, ask me a question. If I don't know the answer, I can refer you to somebody who does. And I have great elders who I can pick up the phone or pick up the email and and go, Hey, what do you think about this subject or what I do about this? And um, that's kind of, that's kind of been my work for the last few years. Just kind of digging in. How about you, Cassie? Mostly I'm a (laughs) detector. (laughs) So I, uh, I, you know, we locked down in March and, and I went into my little homestead and stayed out in the woods. And now Elsa and I, you know, as she said, we worked together. Mainly mm-hmm. I'm, I encouraged her and kind of gave her some advice, you know, about how to go about it and stuff. I've been in leadership positions before, which is a mixed blessing. So mainly I, I think I, I'm, I'm there to be an encourager for people if they need, you know, just to have somewhere that they can sit. I've got my back porch. I started doing a little Facebook posting thing to try yes. to encourage people that's kind of taken on a life of its own. And uh, yes. from there, it's, it's just, I, I guess I'm a resource, perhaps, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and a place for people to go to go. Yeah, I, I feel that, too. Okay, yeah. and I'll say, well, yeah, here I'm here to validate that this is some bullshit. <laughs> and, so. and I can get, I can get, I'm sorry, I can get too nice, and my, my I have a very low bullshit detector, and and Cassie and my husband and others around me are go, uh, you need to get that relationship up, and you need That's to just okay. move on. That's your back, honey. I know you always do, and I love you so much for it. <laughs> how about how about you, Byron? I don't have any work. Yeah, I know. I sit on uh, I sit on the recliner and I eat bonbons all day. Well, <laughs> I didn't think you were going to tell your secrets now. Doom, doom, doom. I, I had such a funny thing happen yesterday. I was teaching. I was supposed to be doing a prayer for the West Virginian Day of Pagan Prayer, and I thought I was just going to be reading a prayer. And then the organizer said, "Well, you got from five forty-five to seven. And I went, "What? Oh, wow." Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so you know me, I, I love to tell a story. So I just started talking like I do. And I tell you, I just, I just got to that place of building community and how you build community. And right now, the pagan and heathen communities online, we spend all of our time tearing each other down. Yeah. And correcting yeah. each other on these tiny points of protocol. And, you tell and mm-hmm. it breaks my heart because there's stuff we could do, but we can't get it done because we're too busy arguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the answer to that, I think, is to build real communities. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, and you know, Byron, I've been heathen for 15 years and have been, you know, online almost that entire time. And honestly, it seems to be more, I mean, the, the women do it a lot too, but it, the men do it more than anything is that they'll sit there and argue and fight over ridiculous stuff with heathenry. You know, it just comes out to be broetry. And um, the girls are like, you know what? Y'all guys fight. We're going to be back over here working. You well, know, just like y'all, y'all had a big controversy maybe three or four years ago where the women were doing all the work and the men were doing all the talking. Yeah, that's pretty much how it's been. Yeah, but you have some you have some wonderful women who, who are out there who, uh, you know, who are speaking their truth and who are well researched and well documented and telling the guys just to go sit in the corner. <laughs> I'm kind of blessed here in Kentucky because I I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. I'm somewhere between, you know, Pentecostal and pagan. That's what I call myself. Oh, so I love it. Uh, sometimes I have the the help of the church and a lot of times I'll have the help of the pagan community. And I tell you, when I say uh, we need to build community, it needs to be built here. But that, you know, you all probably know that there's a there's a break between those two communities. And I often say, you know, but I often say we're the same folks. We want to get the same things done. Put the titles down. Put them down. I don't know if we're ever going to get to that place where Pentecostals and pagans are actually working together. And I'm sorry to say that. I'd like to to think that we would get to that place. Well, I don't don't know. I I think we could get to that place in some ways easier than we can get to the place of pagans and pagans working together. My experience with Pentecostals here is that, no, we're not going to pray together. That's just not something you should expect anybody to do, but we could build a house together for habitat or -hmm. we could clean up a road together. I think we could do that. Yeah. Here they just want to pray for me. That's about it. (laughs) Yeah, I can dig that. It's been a year of quarantine and I still haven't changed my opinion about it. And my opinion is I see, and I'm, I see more women reaching out than men. Yeah. But hasn't that always been, been that way that, you know, the women are always the ones who are the community builders, who are the the boots on the ground, who are the ones finding the homeless people and feeding them and taking care, you know, and do and doing everything else, making the food, doing the dishes while the boys watch TV. Well, yeah, I watch football. Yeah, I mean that is the way it's always been, but that doesn't mean I'm happy about it. I wish that I wish that genders didn't matter. I wish that they didn't have any any. I I just wish that they didn't matter. You're talking about is gender norms, and you're talking about gender traditions, cultural traditions. In, In 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 the South, it's very much about the men you know, being with each other, doing the outside work while the women do the inside work. And in different in different cultures and different societies and different historical times, those those roles would have been changed and would have been might have even been reversed. Well I grew up reading Ursula Le Guin and she had gender fluidness down in her books way a long time before I ever heard of it out in society. And the gender fluid races that she would write about in her books were always, it just made so much sense to me because what it did is it took the restrictions out. It's just like the question about sports. 
right now there's yeah. a huge controversy about sports. Well, are we going to allow uh, people who started out as one gender to play sports as another gender? And is that fair? So, for instance, a lot of men are stronger than women. And so are we going to let let them play in women's sports? And I just wish that we could find another way altogether to measure people's qualifications for playing sports. It's like, okay. And, and, and Alicia, my, my biggest my big thought is why are we still letting boys and girls play separately? Well, well, that's why don't we point. just throw the girls and the boys in together? Because let me tell you, I knew some girls who would have been a hell would have been a hell of a linebacker. That's what I'm saying. We should be categorizing people by their abilities and not by their genders. And I think that it would be a make for better. But is it going to happen anytime soon? No, the realist in me says no, it won't. <laughs> Well, I want to jump in because I want to go back to something that you had talked about just a few minutes ago, Alicia, and that was the problems, you know, how how problems are approached that need to be fixed in, in the pagan or Christian or what, how, whatever community, whereas, as Ilsa had said, you know, men tend to want to, you know, play the football and the women get about getting it done and all of that kind of stuff. And it's what I've seen is that women... Are, are problem solvers because our whole lives are about solving problems, making yes. things work, getting to the next thing because X, Y, Z needs to get done because somebody's got football practice, supper's got to get made, we've got doctor's appointments, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what gets lost is that the men view everything as a competition mm-hmm. or as, as a way to gain status as they approach the problem or if it can't be fixed, then they don't want to attempt it because they'll lose face. I guess it sort of dovetails with the whole do your work. Cause we were talking about do your damn work. And we went into why is, why is it this way? Right. With the genders when we were talking about getting our work done. When, so, when we approach a problem, like uh, Sonia saw a problem, there was a homeless couple under a bridge problem. Right. How are we going to fix it? Well, let's find them somewhere to live. Do they need something to eat? A man's going to look at, we need to change the zone or, or how it's been done right. in a man-dominated right. yeah. setup, perhaps. Whereas the approach, we're, we're running into worn-out paradigms. Mm-hmm. And that's what needs to change. Mm-hmm. And those that had power in the old paradigms do not want to relinquish it. Right. Mm-hmm. But we have to get this stuff done. And it's yep. a lot easier to sit around and, and jaw about it and mourn the lost days and how it used to be instead of just getting the damn job done. And it doesn't have to look pretty. It just has to work. It just yeah. has to work. Yeah. Right. That's the, that creed. Here, right. take this duct tape. It don't have to be pretty. It just has to work. Exactly. <laughs> What the solution for that was let's create a city ordinance so that it's illegal for people to live under the bridge. I'm like, okay, what's that going to solve? Right. What's it exactly? Are you going to put them in jail and then when they get back out, they're going to go up underneath the bridge again? What's it going to solve? Well, or else maybe right. the next That's time they might try and get in a garage since it's well, against a lot of the bridge. Well point was it's not that these were people that needed shelter it was we don't want those unsightly homeless people under the bridge yeah, yeah that's exactly it why yes why well we can go 
into that if you want. Follow but. the money. Mm-hmm. Follow the money, baby. Because we were the most beautiful rural town of in the United States in 1988 or something like that. So God forbid in 2021, we have this problem. Oh, yeah. It sounds like a problem that Asheville's been facing for a while. We, we just about a month ago, Byron, I don't know if you heard about this or not, where they uh, just tore down the homeless camp under the bridge there at 240. Did you hear yep. about that? Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's not, it's, it's a problem evidently that's pretty widespread. And again, I was talking to Byron not too long ago and I was saying, well, you know, I worry about politics and world events and all of that stuff. But I really believe that old adage of think globally and act locally is the thing. And what I like about y'all is that you're not afraid to start doing something before somebody tells you to. It's see a need, fix it. Yeah. And we need fixtures in the world. Who was it that said that? Was that, uh, who was that that said that? Was that Mr. Rogers? Look for, no, that was Mr. Rogers quoting his mother was look for the helpers. Look for the helpers. Somebody else said a, a saying with, we need fixtures. And that's true. We need people who can fix things. And especially right now, we need people who can show a little compassion. So as uh, fellow weirdlings, y'all are all doing that. I commend you. If you could see me, you would see that I was saluting you. (laughs) (laughs) I think think any little thing you do helps. Yeah. I said anything that you do from a place of compassion can only help. Yes, and I think some people don't get involved in stuff because they think they don't have the time or the resources to do something big. Right. You know, delivering 12 cans of food to a, to a shelter or to a food pantry, that may take you five minutes out of your day to do, mm-hmm. but that's going to mean there's 12 bellies that won't be hungry that night. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Well, you know, too, I wonder sometimes if part of it is just that people don't know where to start. They don't know exactly where to start. They look around and they see there's trouble everywhere and they just don't know what to do. And it's, it's just like being on a diet or exercising or doing that chore around the house you don't want to do. Just getting started is a lot of it. And I also kind of wonder if, people are waiting for instructions. You know, us yes. as, as a society, we are used to having instructions. If you go get a vaccine at one of those big uh, vaccine uh, uh, events, I don't know what they're called, but if you go do that, they'll literally tell you where to stand, where to mm-hmm. sit. They'll watch a clock for you and make sure that you stay there 15 minutes. You don't have to think at all. You just do what they're telling you to do. And even though most everybody I know would say that they don't like that thought, most everybody I know does that to some degree or another. And when it comes to independent thought and, oh, here's a problem. How do I fix it? Uh, I think people get the blank mind sometimes. They just don't know what to do. My kids, when they were, and even now I've got a whole parcel of grown kids and I still have two at home for my friends. Um, they would, they dip themselves in a pickle and they'd say, mama, what do I do? And I'd say, you do the next right thing. Yeah. Yes. 
It doesn't have to be big. That's how you work your way out of a hole. Yeah. You do the next right thing. Yeah. <laughs> and the first thing you do is stop digging. Yes. Yeah. You know. <laughs> At this point, we're, we're we need to start wrapping up the conversation, I think. But I got to say, y'all have good ideas. It makes me happy to hang out with people who are not afraid to give an opinion, whether it's politically correct or not. Yeah. And not, and not afraid to step into a role of leadership, however that needs to look for you. That's a better way of saying I don't know if I'm a leader, but I've got a loud mouth and a big personality. <laughs> yeah. Testify. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, and you probably have a lot more than that. And at least from my observation, you do. If you have the, what's the word? Chutzpah? Say it again. Chutzpah. Ah, okay. Very, if you have the to do stuff and to help people then that what better thing can you do with your life as we as we move towards closure for this episode i just want to say thank you so much for the weird mountain gals podcast for for me and from all the listeners all over the world who listen to you guys i don't think you guys realize how important for some of us this podcast has become uh, I couldn't go drink a cup of coffee with Cassie or or have have her around but I could have you guys around and it was always like listening to my girlfriends and knowing that you know I wasn't alone and to just continually give hope and so I just I wish bright blessings upon all, both of you upon your households and upon all those that you love thank you very much thank you so much for all that you do Oh, thank you. In a world in a world full of Christians, I tune into you and feel perfectly at peace. Thank you, ladies. Oh, yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank well, you. It, it has been wonderful to have this gaggle of women together. The gaggle and of gals. Gaggle of gals, weird gals. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just hope that we can do the party line more often. Yeah, yeah, that would be wonderful. Sonia, I'm serious about that T-shirt fundraiser. I think you could pick, you could pick your your fundraising uh, person. I mean, the group you want to give it to, and you could raise some money on that T-shirt. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm working on it. You know, I've talked to my friend Papa O on uh, a little bit about it, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it on our podcast and see where the local folks think we should put the money. I have a couple of ideas and I'm reaching out. I'm just waiting for a couple of answers. And then I'm going to do the damn work and make the t-shirts. Well, Sonia, if you, if you want a little help getting it designed, I'm happy to help you with the design. I don't know. You may already have somebody to do that, but if it would be any help for you, I'm happy to volunteer. Okay. Alicia, you're a rock star. Thank you. And Sonia, you mentioned your podcast, so why don't you give a shout out to yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, a shameless plug. We are shameless self promotion. Yes, ma'am. We are root workers round the table, and Byron has been one with us. Alicia, come on down, sit at the table. Oh. Elsa, Cassie, come on. Uh, yeah. to have you. Thank you, Sonia. That's a lovely invite. Yeah. Thank you.
Let me we know when. I'll, I'll, I'm happy to do so. And tell me what your podcast is about. Our podcast is about a couple of root workers, which my buddy Papa O identifies with and swears that's what I am too. I'm still thinking about that. But <laughs> it's about um, just the two of us, what, what we're up to, uh, community, how we can bring the community together, our needs in the community and, you know, things of that nature. We talk about our week and our families and you know, kind of like weird mountain girls. We're weird mountain gals. We're just a couple of weirdlings here in the middle of Kentucky. <laughs> weird is everywhere. Yeah, we're weird enough to be on Weird Mountain. Yeah. That's it. It's weird enough for Weird Mountain. Weird is everywhere. <laughs> so, in other words, y'all are doing the damn work. Congratulations. We're doing the damn work. A pagan and somebody between Pentecostal and pagan. That would be me. Yeah, That's we're doing the damn work. That's awesome. And, <laughs> Ilsa, you want to put in a plug for your group? Uh, my group is a private private group, but if you don't mind, I will plug um, my book, which yes. is We're All a Little Broken, which is available on Amazon. And uh, it's about uh, two young ladies who live here in northwest Louisiana, and one of them is pagan and what she kind of goes through uh, every day. Ah, okay. There you go. And Byron? Yep. What about you? Oh, what about me? Yeah, <laughs> I ask everybody else. <laughs> oh well, I don't have to plug us. We plug ourselves all the time, but we're pretty plugged up. <laughs> plugged up. I do want to. <laughs> I do want to thank both of these sterling women, Ilsa and Sonia, and also Cassie, who's an old buddy of mine, for uh for for stepping in to the weird gal aesthetic. Yes. Of being sensible doing the damn work, being practical, getting stuff done, but doing it with a great big golden heart and a whole head full of compassion and yep. common sense. Yep. That's something you don't find much of anymore. No, Lord, yep. no. Well, y'all, it has been fun. Very fun. Very fun. And I appreciate awesome. everybody hanging out on the digital lines with me. <laughs> On the digital party line. That's right. The digital party line on Weird Mountain. And so I think we got two shorts and a long is Byron. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really the one you're going to be. Byron, you're the one that's the ringer. Okay. I'm the ringer. Ring, 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 ring. Hello, hello. And y'all, thank you again so much. And listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in with us. If you'll continue to let us take up some of your time as alicia says we'll continue to be weird yes we will thanks a lot y'all thanks bye y'all hey thank you for spending your time with us here at weird mountain gals we sure do appreciate it you know i know time is the most important thing we have so i promise that if you take your time to listen to us we'll take our time to continue to be weird Thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals. <laughs>